Well, good afternoon, church. My name is Dave Corner, Reverend Dave Corner, and I too came up through this uh, this church here, as did my brother, Deacon Reverend Derry, uh, Barry, that's here. And and you know, Bethany is a special place for me. My wife and I attended here for many, many years before we moved to the the high country we call Round Rock. And uh, they're closer to the sun there, by the way. It's 101 there, and it's only 100 here. So, but, but Bethany is certainly a, a special place, and, and we've had a history here of just a God's Spirit being here and leading people to Christ and leading them to Christ vocationally. So Barry and I serve as deacons. I'm at the hospital. Barry, Barry teaches school, and you can see his war wound that he got there when he was teaching school. Maybe next time the test will be a little easier. But we also have Brian here, okay? And, and then Wynn, I, I must tell you, we talked about Wynn, and, and none of a, the, the, the people that have been here yet today, we didn't collaborate, so we've all talked about Wynn. We've all talked about uh, perseverance. We've all talked about this. So my sermon ought to be about four minutes. Uh, but, but I want to tell you about Wynn. You know, Wynn and I went to seminary together. She got out quicker than I did because she's much smarter than I am, okay? And, and, and Reverend David told us that, that this is an arduous process to go through, and, and it is indeed that. But Wynn, well, another thing we have in common is she is from Indiana. She's returning to Indiana, and Chris, is, uh, Chris has been there. They, they built a uh, uh, a new property there, and, and they're going to be there closer to family. It's that time of that season of life for them, where they want to be closer to their family. But the other thing that it, that that you need to know about Wynn and Chris is that they went to Indiana University, and our two daughters, Jessica and Sarah, went to Indiana University as well. So we've always had that common bond. So this is a, a birthday present that I gave to Wynn. Uh, a few years ago, life took me to Texas, but I'm always a Hoosier at heart. That must have been foreshadowing that she would go back there, but she has certainly left her legacy here, and she's just done a great job, and, and I'm going to miss her and wish her well, as I know you would too. And then Thomas, you know, we talked about Thomas, and we had pictures. There's the official one. Thomas is the one on the left. He's not the one in the middle. That's the bishop. And then Aaron Carter. And I had the opportunity not only to know Thomas here at Bethany, but one of the things that I do, even though I serve in an extension ministry, Wynn headed up a residency and ministry program. And as David alluded to, that's a two-year process. So Thomas was commissioned, and then he's two years where he's commissioned at Bethany. And then he has to go through the entire Board of Ordained Ministry again and, and then get approved for that. And he's finally arrived there. But we would meet eight times over two years, and we each each ordained clergy had a had a person that they were the mentor for. So I mentored a woman who who was ordained last night as well, Vicki Schwartz, and Thomas was there. So I got to see him a lot in the last two years, and and he's he's uh, he's he's really filled with the spirit. And and like David said, we we hope that. Uh, for big things from him as, as God works in his life and he works with us here. You know, along the, the time frame, David said it, it took you six years to get through the, the process. 
I don't know how long it did with Thomas. It took me so long, I didn't answer the call till I was 50. And one day my daughter called. I have two daughters, a nice one and a not as nice one. And the not as nice one called me, Jessica, and she said, Dad, I just have one question for you. I said, what's that? Because I was just plowing through. I was still, still working in the business world, but I was going to seminary, and I was going through the, the process here. And she said, Dad, are you going to get this done before Social Security starts or after? Okay. So that's, that's my daughter, Jessica. But it took, it, took me, it took me nine years from start to finish, and then I had to get additional credentials at the hospital. It's like, oh, my goodness. So uh, it, it can be very long. And, and you know, I, I got to tell you, when I look back in retrospect, you really want to know if this is really a call or not. And, and, uh, and the Methodists, we, we put you through the test for sure. Well, let us begin today's message. You know, when I began to discuss this sermon series with Pastor Thomas, he called me you know, six weeks, seven weeks ago now and said, hey, would you be available to preach on this particular Saturday? I did not go to annual conference because I used all of my educational time with the rim thing and the walk to Emmaus, and so I really didn't get a chance to go down there to the valley. Special kudos to those that did. Um, Frank Jacks uh, left early this morning to get back here so he could do this service today, so we acknowledge, we acknowledge him, and uh, he even made it through the checkpoint, okay, so... Uh, we were surprised to hear that, but he, he just sailed right through. But when I started talking with Thomas about this, this series, he said, well, this series is, is called Intentional Faith, and uh, the author is Alan Jackson. Well, I've heard of Alan Jackson before. I was really excited. I mean, I don't know, I've got his second greatest hits album, actually. And, and uh, you know, I, I like Don't Rock the Jukebox that Alan Jackson sings. And, and then my favorite is the one from 2003, Remember when? You must have heard that song before. So I did that with Thomas, and he said, no, uh, Dave, uh, it's a different Alan Jackson. So same name, different people. Same name, different content. So, however, after recognizing the errors of my ways, I, I read the book and, and found that it's pretty good. So let us pray. Heavenly Fathers, we gather here this day. I ask you that you be present and among us. And may we study your word and work on our faith and with intention. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So the title of this series is, is this, this week's sermon series is to leave a legacy. And we actually combine two chapters of the book. One is being generous and one is leaving a legacy. And we had to draw on one. You know, so we, we, we all settled as uh, presenters this weekend that it was going to be Leave a Legacy. Um, you know, we've been reading this book, and, and if you haven't gotten the book, you can get the book, and I can show you the book, Intentional Faith. And, and I think the key with Intentional Faith here is uh, aligning your life with the heart of God and about alignment in doing that. One of the things you can do in there, what might pique your interest, is they've got a, uh, a schedule in there where you can commit to 100 days, and the church has committed to 100 days. We're, we're, we're well into it now. But if you followed and did 10 minutes of reading in the Bible over that 100-day period, it would take you through the entire New Testament. So if you haven't done something like that before, I'd encourage you to go ahead and do that. 
Uh, if you go to our website at the church, you can get a copy of that PDF. It's right there, and, and you can do that whether you have gotten the book or not. You can still participate in that. And I think that's being intentional. You know, some of the things we'll talk about today is, is how are you intentional about your faith? So that 10 minutes a day would certainly be intentional. I must give you applause, first of all. It's 101 degrees outside, and it's intentional that you got here today. I acknowledge that. It would have been easy just to sit back home right now and call it. If we were up in New Hampshire, this would be comparable to February in New Hampshire, where you just don't go to church because it snows way too much. But let me review a couple of things here um, as we... Here's my buddy, Alan Jackson. Wrong one. This is the real Alan Jackson here that we're talking about today. And again, intentionally, uh, faith aligning your life with God. But let us review, because what we've done here is we've gone through the book, sometimes combining things. And, and, and I just want you to know that some of the topics we've covered, if you've been here, you've heard them, intend to honor God in our homes, right? Intend to work with integrity. Intend to teach the younger generation. Intend to welcome the Holy Spirit. Tom talked about last week and wove that into Pentecost, Okay? And today we're going to discuss intend to cultivate generosity and intend to finish well, or stated differently as we've titled this, leave a legacy. But the key here in this whole thing is very simple. In in Reverend Dave's thinking, intentional is the key word. Too much of what we do in life, I think, is, is we're not intentional about it. We had talks about running and running a race and the endurance of that and how that, that goes on. Uh, Matt is here. Matt's run a, I don't want to embarrass him or anything. This is an ultra or a 100-mile deal or something, didn't you? Where's he at? How many miles? 50? 70. 70 miles. He and his wife get along real well. You could tell. There's a lot of training in that right there. But 70 miles... You know, so intentional, he has to be intentional to do that, and and intentional is the key word. But let's begin with generosity, and sometimes when you're in church and we talk about generosity, um, you know, there's a little fear that, oh, here we go with the money speech. But you must realize that generous living is about more than money, okay? As our author, Pastor Allen, states... Generous living is about every facet of our lives, the way you spend your time. You know, time's probably the most precious commodity you have. You know, a lot of people have dogs. I I live in a neighborhood that's 55 and older in Round Rock, and if you want to see your neighbor, you go out at 8 o'clock at night because everyone is walking their dog for the last time. Well, the dog, some people are paying big money for dogs now. We have a rescue dog, didn't pay too much money for that. But some people are paying big money for these special breed dogs, my, my, uh, my daughter has a schnauzer, no, doodle, I don't know. It's a combination of, it's about that big, annoying little thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, they pay big money for stuff like that. But you know, the real issue when you, when you get an animal and you, and you do that, especially a dog, is the time commitment. Yeah, you have to feed it, and there's commitment on that, and there's money that's involved with that. But the time commitment... They love to get up at 2 in the morning. You've got to take them out, right? Or you've got to take them for several walks a day. So the time commitment is there. And so when we talk about generosity, 
Time is one of the things. It's not just about money. It's about time. It's about how you share your skills. We all have skills. If we, as we go through this walk of life, we have different credentials. We have different skills. And, and, and that's another way that we can be generous. You see, to embrace generosity, we must also embrace the fact that nothing belongs to us in the first place. It belongs to God. And that's hard for some of us here in America. I can't talk about other countries. I can only talk about America. That's, we're charging after it. Go after it. Go make your mark. Do this. Everything is God's. God created everything. So let's turn to some scripture and see that first. Go to Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Everything, all material, every animal, every human belongs to God. You know, I often say that I've been blessed. God has blessed me. I have a loving wife, two daughters, seven granddaughters, a female dog. All girls, you see the trend there. You know, and, and my wife is already retired. She was a school teacher, and, and she's been retired for several years now. But, but I'm thinking of retiring here in the not-too-distant future, perhaps as early as next April 28, 2023, if you wanted to guess. And according to my financial planner, you know, I get all nervous about this, and the financial planner says, you've been blessed, you'll be okay, you'll be okay, and and you have enough resources to retire. You see, I have been blessed. But that wasn't me. I worked hard. I did some things. But it was God that blessed me. It was God that blessed me. Next scripture, Psalm 74, 16. Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun. See, God created us and all things. Without God, we're not here. Without God, we're not here. And let us go to Mark in the New Testament. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31. And Jesus says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You see, when Jesus said that to us, he shares how we should devote ourselves to God. That's the first part of that. We need to devote ourselves to God. The second thing is, he then connects us using our gifts and loving our neighbors. Jesus used his gift of healing when he went out and healed people who were sick or who could not walk or who could not see. He offered time to his neighbors I don't know that I've ever read anywhere where he turned people away. He, he did that. How about the 12 disciples? He took them and he gave his time and teaching to them to prepare them to carry on after he knew he was going to be gone. We wouldn't be here today without Jesus and his gift of, of teaching and his gift of time that he gave to others. You know, he offered himself to a desperate world. And as I look around us today, 2,000 plus years later, 
We still live in a desperate world. We can go on and on. David covered it so eloquently in his prayer. The mass shootings that we hear about every day, the violence, the polarization in our society. You're either on this bus or on that bus, and you have to choose. I mean, that's what we're living in right now, and it seems to me that the same principles that we read about in Scripture, which is the guiding principle in our life, is that we should still love God, work for God, be with God, and we should love each other. You know, and if we would just do that, if we would just do that, wow, what a different place this would be. So I think it's appropriate to do that now as it did, did then. Let's go back to, uh, let's go back to, I'm going to make sure I'm in the right one here. I'm sorry, I'm not. Let's go back to Leviticus. And, and Leviticus is the governing law of Israel. It's in the Old Testament, and this is the law of Israel that God was giving to them. And this is where he comes up with one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. You see, friends, generous living is not optional. It's an imperative to Scripture all the way back thousands of years to the Old Testament. How about in Malachi? Malachi was a prophet and he spoke to the people. God spoke through Malachi to the people. He was a minor prophet. And what God was speaking to the people about through Malachi was specifically their declining commitment to God. And by golly, I look around right now in these United States and perhaps in the world. And I have to ask myself, is there a declining commitment to God in the world that I live in now? Going on, this is a little heavy, this next one here, but should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. And then God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So there you will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heavens for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not all fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So in the Old Testament and in Scripture, we have it. I love the word in here. Try it. You know, I confess to you that Bonnie and I, we've been married 44 years this year. We tied now, but it took many years for me to get there. I must tell you that. And I can also tell you that since my wife and I have made that commitment, I'm amazed. Just when things seem to be getting tight and I'm starting to grimace a little bit and starting to figure out, am I going to have enough money for the air conditioner that doesn't work or something along those lines? 
it seems like it gets taken care of. It seems like God provides an opportunity for me or an answer for me. Or when a trial appears in our lives. We all go through that. It seems that God answers and gives me direction on how to navigate through that trial. And I can't promise that that will happen to you. But I can tell you, Bonnie and I have lived fuller lives due to our walk in faith and, and due to the fact that we did that. You know, when I, when I, I may have told this story before to some people, but when I left the business world to, graduated from seminary, left the business world and went to do a year of residency in the hospital, because that's a requirement, you have to do a year, I took a $2,339 a week pay cut. And I was scared to death. Because I had told Bonnie, don't worry, it's all going to be good. God's going to be with us. And I took and I bought a flip phone. She had the Apple. I had an old beater car. She had the Buick. But somehow we made it through. I ate H-E-B chicken noodle soup, true confession, every day at lunch for a year. Now I'm a full-time chaplain. I've really stepped up. Been there nine years. I now do Campbell's soup. But I was scared to death, and I didn't know if we could make it. And I said to myself, David, this is when you got to stop dipping your toe in the water. You're either in or you're out. And you've gotta, you talk about faith all the time. you got to give a little faith to God and see what goes on. And by golly, we did make it. And, and I, am, I am grateful for that. So, you know, I, I just want to tell you, I can't promise that that's going to happen to you. But, but, but uh what happens when you do become generous? Generosity, it changes our mindset. Okay? It literally changes your mindset on how to be, how, how, how you might ask, by freedom from addiction to materialism. You know, there was a time in my life, I don't know about yours, I, I'm not fishing, where stuff was more important to me than anything else. And I was trying to keep up with the Joneses, whether it was I had to have as good a lawnmower as the guy next to me or I wanted a second house, or I wanted those types of things. And then I accumulated so much stuff, you know what I had to do next? Get a storage locker. Fastest growing industry in America. Storage business. I'll drive back to Round Rock. How many storage facilities will I see on the way back? And that was just for stuff. What happens when you start to live a generous life and you start to lose your addiction to materialism? You become more free and joyful. I don't need a brand new TV. My TV works fine. Don't be surprised what God may provide for you and do for you or where he might lead you. Now, in the legacy part here, we get to Ecclesiastes, and we use this scripture oftentimes in a funeral. For every time, everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Right? But every individual season in our life, no matter what season you are in, comes with its own struggles. And it comes with its own assignments, and it comes with its own opportunities. We all go through, most of us go through falling in love, getting married, starting a family, 
Then we have to provide for the family. Then we have to give education. Then we have to find a vocation. College for children, weddings, grandchildren, taking care of parents. Like Alan Jackson, the other Alan Jackson says in his song, Remember When. Remember when I was young and so were you. And time stood still and love was all we knew. We lived and learned life through curves. There was joy, there was hurt. Remember when. Remember when the sound of little feet was the music we danced to week to week. It brought back the love, we found trust, vowed we'd never give it up. And remember when. So all of this, all of this takes perseverance. And Alyssa talked about perseverance in, in, in Hebrews today. And for the sake of time, I am not going to read that. But we need perseverance to run that race. We need perseverance to withstand these twists and turns of life. There are different challenges that are in this book. If you don't have the book, look at the book. It's got challenges in it. First challenge is, am I generous with my time? If you have some time, do I give it to my family and friends? What about my talents? Do I use them? Another challenge is identify areas of growth and commit them to the Lord in one sentence prayer. God, lead me to be more generous in sharing my time, talents, and resources. Another challenge is resolve to finish well in whatever season of life you are in. School, college, parenthood, last job of your career. If you're being hindered by something, identify what that is. Okay? How can you engage in spiritual, spiritual practices that will get you through? And then if you do, you're going to live life to the fullest. Matthew Kelly is another author that I sometimes read. And, and, and he talks about life to the fullest. And I'll read this in closing. People who are living a life to the fullest always have two things in common. They believe they can do something today to bring about both expressions of hope and empowerment. Generosity, generosity is intrinsically hopeful. It empowers us to participate in the unfolding story of humanity. It reminds us that we can heal the past soothe the present, and we can influence the future. Amen? All right, let us pray. Heavenly Father, give us the strength to persevere in this season of our lives. Help us to do what it takes to connect with our daily, with you daily, and to respond to you in all that we do, and to participate with you by living life to the fullest and bringing life to the world around me. Amen.